Welcome back, everybody, to another frantic edition of Talk Hard. Uh, I, first, before we get started, I, I just want to thank you all for uh, getting on iTunes and Stitcher and subscribing to this podcast. And I encourage you to keep doing so because it lets us know that we're just not talking into the ether. Uh, and we love doing it. Um, and so we're going to keep doing it as long as we know somebody's listening. But uh, Scott's never going to get married to Rachel McAdams or Danielle from Heim if uh, if you guys don't keep keep spreading the word. So we need you do you you dudes to do that. Uh, I'm, like us, I'm lonely. He's lonely, and we got to solve that with this podcast. <laughs> so like us, share it with friends, whatever you got to do. But let's just keep this thing rolling. Um, are you saying? Are you saying, Scott, that your house is not crowded enough over there? <laughs> Speaking of callback, uh, last last episode we got into a little bit of a of, of some music talk, some rock band talk. So those voices you're hearing, I'm going to introduce them with some with some uh, pretty ridiculous band names, rock band names. So uh, the first voice you heard was Scott. Honky Tonk Home Slice Stafford. Mm. Man, it's, it fits. Let's... It does fit. And uh, the second voice you heard, the Crowded House fan, we're going with uh, Todd, 30 foot of grunt. <laughs> Gene. Hey, that's, I, I, I can, I, I know that. That's Russell Crowe's Yeah, that's band. what I was about it's to Russell say. About, yeah. Yep. I think I said it wrong. 30 odd foot of grunt, which makes it even better. So, mm. Uh, there you go. Uh, I'm your host, the the Alan Martin. <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah, I like the the. Those were they were good though. The the was really good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so there we go. We're off and running. Um, okay, let's just jump right in this thing. A few weeks ago, uh, we we gave some career advice. Ho- uh, advice hopefully helped Johnny Depp. Um, and we talked about how. At one time, he was probably a guy that I personally would go see a movie just because he was in it. I would I would pay the ticket price no matter what and make the effort to go see him in anything just because his billboard had the name on it. The playbill had his name on it. So not the case anymore, I don't think. And I was wondering with you guys, um, what are who are some of the guys at this point, some of the actors – that um, because their name is on the playbill and on the marquee, uh, you'll put down twelve to fifteen bucks to go see go see a movie just because they're in it. Scott, you want to go first? Sure. <clears throat> um, we can whip around a little bit. You don't have to name your whole list. Uh, just name one. We can dive into it. Yeah. Uh, honestly, right now there are none. There are zero. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, the closest it probably comes right now is Downey. Um, mm-hmm. uh, RDJ. He's the first name I'm on. Yeah, RDJ is as close as it comes right now. But even with him, I'm going to have a little bit of discernment. Uh, but he, he's close. And, you know, maybe the last one that I was that way with was for, you know, a couple years. Owen Wilson was – I, I would have mm-hmm. gone and seen anything. But as of right now, I think uh, Downey's the – as close as it gets. 
Wow. Yeah. And now we're and we're talking of we're talking about actors right now only, right? Right. right. Actors, actresses. Yeah. You don't. You don't have. It, it's not gender specific, but yeah. Um, sure. yeah. And Robert Downey Jr. is on my list. I'll go see a movie if he's in it. Um, I, I'll I'll go ahead and say it. I even watched that terrible one. What was he in with uh, Jamie Foxx, where Jamie played the? Um, mm-hmm. I watched that. The, yeah. The mu- musician. Yeah. No, nope. <laughs> no. Nope. It's like the the musician or something like that. I don't know. I can oh, the uh, soloist. The soloist. It was it was pretty boring. And then there was that one really long uh, scene where Jamie Foxx, you were you were kind of I guess in his head seeing the music as he saw it, and all they did was just black out the screen and put a bunch of colors and stuff up there, and, and while the music was playing, it was awful. Um, <laughs> And I, I went and saw it because Robert Downey Jr. was in it and kind of enjoyed it because he was in it. What do you think, Todd? Are you sure you weren't in a test audience screening? <laughs> that, maybe. That's what that sounds like. Yeah, maybe so. Uh, um, right now, um, as far as an actor goes, whew, um, I mean... The ones that would pull me in aren't really, I guess they're, they're just, they're not really, you don't see them a lot. I mean, Clint Eastwood comes to mind, um, but he's kind of, you know, he's in that semi-retired, or as far as acting goes, he doesn't seem to do much. Uh, I tended to go see just about anything he was ever in. Um, But right now, I, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm as pulled in by actors as much as maybe directors so there's not really i can't think of a i can't think of a specific actor well, we're at this gonna, stage that yeah we're going to get into directors later um because that's yeah. definitely what i wanted to bring up i I'm, I'm i'm more malleable than you guys i've got i've got a few um you want to run these by you want me to run these by you and you can you all can tell me how um do it. idiotic i am do it uh and it's just basically because I know even if the even if the movie's bad, I'm gonna get something out of watching them do it. Um, I'm a student of the game, you guys. Mm. Um, I love to hear that. <laughs> one of them I'll go watch pretty much anything he's in if his name's on it is Kurt Russell. Yeah, that's a good. That's yeah. a very good one. Because um, no matter what he does, I'm gonna enjoy him doing it. Um, another one I'll go watch. Uh, do you all want to want to want me to just run these down, or do you want to just run them down? If we get, if we need to jump in, we will just jump in. Second one on my list is uh, Denzel Washington because he's never not cool to watch. The third one is uh, pretty much for the same reason as Tom Hardy. I, I have over the last five years, I've become a huge fan of Tom Hardy, and I even watched that one that um, critics loved and. I think that common people hated where it's basically 90 minutes of him riding in a car. Um, oh, yeah. I, I loved watching him do it. Um, uh, that's, I'll agree with that one, too. That's a good one. Uh, he's one, um, even the little indie stuff that he does is, mm-hmm. is yeah, worth watching because because of what he does and, and, how, and his skill and what he puts into a part. Um, He's. Well, I think we might have mentioned this before. No, it was on. It was on the other podcast I do. Uh, <laughs> but we we talked about how he's very much a, a modern day Brando, and mm. and he's very mm. method yeah. 
and he can communicate so much uh, without ever saying a word. Uh, he's he's very light on dialogue. Um, Alan, have you seen um, the drop with James Gandolfini? Uh, no, I've not. Okay, well, if you if you must see uh, Tom Hardy stuff, then that add it to the list. And, okay. And um, have you seen? How hard is that one to find? Is is it? Is it's, it streaming? It's on VOD and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And Legend, have you seen Legend? Jeez, no, I have not. I've seen both of those. I got work to do. So Legend, he plays um, two brothers uh, in oh yeah, sixties London. Yeah, it's worth the craze. uh, Right, yeah, Reggie and Ron Cray. It's worth watching. It's it's not a great movie, but it's it's good enough. And like you said, if if you're you are the type that likes to watch just just for somebody's performance, and I think you have to see it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely going to get it. It might be. I mean, it's it's probably old enough to where it's streaming too on various devices. It 2015. Is. It's probably a red box. And yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Todd, thoughts on Tom? I thought um, when I saw him, and I guess the first time I remember seeing him was um, Dark Knight Rises, and I thought, wow, he's a good physical specimen. And I thought, you know, the 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 voice thing was you know, all created kind of in post or whatever, but then he's really got that voice and, um, yeah, it's, um, and he's just a kind of a physically imposing figure and he does, he emotes well with that face, that face kind of gets across so much that you can't get across in a line of dialogue. Yeah, and his uh, eyes, man. His eyes, like we talked about with Gene Wilder last uh, the last week. His eyes are so expressive. Have you right. have you seen Bronson Allen? Uh, nope. <laughs> I thought you said you had to see. Everything. Way to call me out. Uh, that's one that I've kind of looked at. Like I'll see the poster every once in a while, or the or the artwork for it, and I'm like, man, should I watch yeah. that? Um, so yeah, I'd be I'd be interested to to know somebody's opinion on that one that's seen it. Yeah, it's 2009. I think I probably uh, the first time I saw him and appreciated him was Inception. Um, and then right. like I was like that guy has star power. And then I really really like Warrior, which didn't get a huge release, but it's a really good movie, especially if you like you know Rocky type MMA type movies mm-hmm. um, where he fights his brother in the MMA tournament. It's really good. Um, but yeah, I. I I haven't seen anything prior to that, which Bronson looks like it is. So I'm using that as my excuse for that one. A young man who was sentenced to seven years in prison for robbing a post office ends up spending three decades in solitary confinement. And uh, during this time, his own personality is supplanted by his alter ego, Charles Bronson. Wow. That sounds good. It does, right? That sounds interesting. Yeah. yeah. I like that. And he's perfect for that. Charles Bronson alter ego thing. Yeah. And it looks like he's as big as he ever was in that movie. He looks huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, real quick, speaking of physical specimens, um, <laughs> shout out to Dolph Lundgren. Yes. Well, he, yes. Yeah. Just just go back and take a look at that Rocky Four montage. My goodness Both sakes. of them. What a chiseled piece of human anatomy. <laughs> Um, all right. Uh, also on my list, I think is close, but not quite there is Will Ferrell. 
Um, and there was a time where he was on it. Yeah, I can for see sure. That. Yeah. Um, because you're gonna laugh. Like if you go in knowing, thinking, I just want a dude that's gonna make me laugh at some point during this film, no matter how bad the movie actually is. Wills, I think, is your guy as hot as anybody for that. Um, not so much lately, maybe, but at one time, yeah. Okay, so not anymore. Was there a specific film that ended that for you? That where it was like, okay, nope, he's off that list. Uh, I'm sure that there was, but before I misspeak, let me let me do a little research on him. Um, and while I'm doing that, let me throw this one in there because he's my boy and I love everything he does. Uh, and you all are going to just kind of scoff and mock this. And uh, it's he's got three films to his credit, but uh, I love the man like a like a close uncle, and it's Adam Carolla. So <laughs> uh, he's done three movies: The Hammer, uh, Road Hard, and then he gets a uh, sort of a cameo in um, a movie called uh, Windy City Heat, which was actually just put out on Comedy Central. Um, Todd found it for me. Uh, have you ever heard of Windy City Heat or watched it, uh, Scott? I have not. Do you know anything about it? No, I've never heard of it. Okay, I told. <laughs> I told uh, Todd a little bit about it. It's worth watching if you can find it. Um, so Jimmy Kimmel and Adam Carolla back sort of around their man show days did a, had a friend who apparently was the most annoying dude on the planet and thought that he was God's gift to everything and wanted to start an acting career and knew he was going to go. Like he knew he was the guy, especially for action movies. Knew it. So they did this elaborate prank that turned into the movie where um, he got cast in a movie uh, that was not actually a movie. The The uh, shoot time was going to be five days. He was going to be the feature dude in it, like the main dude, the star of it. And everybody was in on the joke except for him. Um, and so it's just basically all these guys, like uh, Bob Colt Goldthwait is in it and uh, and – uh, Dane Cook is in it. Adam Carolla is in it. He doesn't recognize any of these people. Um, <laughs> and so they're playing characters in the thing. And um, and they all are like Bobcat Goldthwait is the director who always talks through a, a megaphone, no matter how close a proximity he is to his actors. Um, like stuff like that. And it, the, the whole movie is just a gimmick of that. So you can cut that out of the podcast if you want to. <laughs> but... Hey, I just wanted to tell you. All we'll about leave that. it in, but at some point we better get some uh, a little pat some on the back going. from Corolla or something. We better get a little, <laughs> get a little push from Corolla. Man, I love I love the man so much. Um, let, let me let me say there was there was another same. actor that only had three film roles to his credit, and that was James Dean. Look at that connection, Corolla and Dean. <laughs> um the one that i kind of was like uh, okay maybe everything he, he does is not gold and it actually gets good reviews is uh back to will we're talking about will ferrell here <laughs> yeah. um is probably everything must go um and that's the it was a kind of a small thing and it was the one where he he's living in in basically living in a yard sale um, yes and i thought that was a was a miss and then he came in right after that with uh, Casa de Mi Padre, which I didn't think was very funny. Had moments, but wasn't that funny? I actually um, enjoyed Casa de Mi Padre quite a bit. I, I, Did you? I that, didn't like it very much. That's another one where 
if you bought into the concept and went with it, like if yeah. you were okay with that concept and went with it and kind of en- enjoyed it for what it is, like right. it was either going to work for you or it wasn't. You were either going to like it or hate it. And I kind of bought in early. And so I guess that's another one like uh, the Magnificent, the, with the, uh, the forget of ridiculous what, six. the Ridiculous Six. Yeah. Uh, but I... <laughs> A ridiculous six part of your brain that's open <laughs> that mind closed. Apparently too. so, because yeah, the yeah. with Will doing the, just kind of the the broken Spanish and and being, you know, kind of sincere with it and and the humor they were going for, it was working for me, and uh, I kind of liked yeah. it. Todd, what do you think on uh, on Will? Uh you know, Anchorman is one of my favorites of his of all time. Oh yeah. And, really one of my favorite comedies of all time. It really just nailed it uh, for the time period that it came out. Um, and I, I liked, I liked a lot of his stuff after that. Uh, I think, um, you know, it seemed like he, you know, he did several sports movies there in a row where some, some were, you know, well, I mean, he did, I guess it was blades of glory and semi-pro Um and, it, you know, you just you didn't want him to be, you didn't want it to become like Adam Sandler, where Adam mm. Sandler was going to do a movie every year. You know, yeah. when, when it started out, it was OK. It was Billy Madison, which was good. It was Happy Gilmore, which was good. And really, after Happy Gilmore, I just lost interest other than The Wedding Singer. I just yeah. lost interest in his movies because it was just, you know, it was that same kind of, you know, it's going to be this low concept kind of thing. And the whole movie was going to be based around that. Yeah, uh, and continues now on Netflix. Thanks, Netflix. Yeah. Um, but um, but then with you know with with Farrell, he does he 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 at least pushes himself. He tries to push himself to do the most ridiculous thing possible. And I don't know that Sandler really pushes himself to that. No, there's no question that he does not. Um, I actually think I read somewhere Will Farrell said he wasn't going to do sports movies anymore because he felt like he was being kind of painted into the corner with that. And I and I just watched oh gosh a couple weeks maybe it's been a week and a half ago I watched Daddy's Home mm-hmm. and you know it's it doesn't have a it doesn't have that resonance that lasts like some of his other stuff but you know he, he's he's playing that specific role he's either you know he's playing the he's playing the pro tag and you're you know, you, you either, either get into it or you don't. And I mean, it was, right. I thought daddy's home was probably a little light on light on its feet as opposed to, yeah. which is a shame because, um, because, uh, the other guys was good. So uh, with those two in it, Wahlberg and, and I thought those two, but it was kind of the opposite roles where, uh, Wahlberg was playing the, well, no, I guess it's the same. Wahlberg was playing the doucher in that one. But Adam Carolla, not Adam Carolla, golly, Adam Sandler. I see he's on my brain, guys. I can't get him off. Uh, Adam, Adam Sandler's a good segue to that, uh, that the part of the conversation I want to get into um, with guys that you won't watch their movie because they're in it until you hear somebody say, no, it's actually pretty good that you trust. Adam Sandler's on that list for me. I won't watch. I won't watch anything unless somebody recommends them to me anymore. As I did, yeah. As you did, and I watched some of it. Um, and I won't watch this next one because yeah. unless one of you all says it's good, and I, I, I think that stopped a long time ago. Me, me looking at the movie, 
probably with grownups. Me looking at it, seeing it's a sandler oh. deal, and saying I'm done. Yeah, I'm, I'm out. I remember when Grown Ups came out, and I was thinking, "Man, this looks re- this looks like a train wreck, and not a good train wreck, as if there is a good train wreck to anybody that's been in a train wreck." Um, the Amy Schumer wasn't wasn't bad. Which one? The Amy Schumer train wreck movie. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that, oh, there's that train wreck too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so I, it's 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 tough on his stuff. I mean, you know the promise of what he was doing early on, you know, he, he almost, he got so big. It's almost like that. Yeah. You know, quality is just an afterthought. Yep. And, and here's the thing with him is that 20 years ago, he would have been on the, I won't miss his movie list. Right. Yeah. Yeah. After, after, after happy Gilmore, I mean, everybody was there. Yeah. Everybody was right there with him. Yeah, and what a fall from grace he's had, it seems like. It just seems like his movies now are what exotic location can we go to to where me and my buddies can go clown around, and we'll we'll, we'll do something. We'll, we'll film something. Yeah. I have no idea what, what the thought process is there. Um, are there any other actors that you – when I have two more. Are there any other actors when their name's on the billboard you won't, you won't go see it? Won't go. Won't. Okay, because that was all I had for Will. So, and you all didn't have you all didn't have very many either. So, would do you have any that you won't go see? I can't think of any specifically that I that I just stay away from, especially actors, uh, just because they're in it. Like, yeah, uh, it, it's a case by case scenario for me. And yeah. obviously, I was willing to give Ridiculous Six a try. So, right. Um, yeah, I can't think of any other actors. Todd, I have two. Do you have any? Two left. Yeah, I have, a, four, I have two guys. I won't watch the movie. Movie two if that you won't watch. Why, why don't right. you do your two? Okay. Uh, I promise you. I promise you. Ask ask anybody. I'm not a racist, but I will not watch a Tyler Perry movie. <laughs> I can't do it. I, my kids love the Medea movies, and I watched 20 minutes of one and was ready to chew my tongue off. Like I hated it. Yeah, I'd even call that uh, not a, a director, really. I, as yeah. as a producer director, that's what I would call not watching his movies. Right. Yeah, but I wouldn't watch the like. I kind of liked the Alex Cross movies with Morgan Freeman in it, and I wouldn't watch this latest one that Tyler Perry did as Alex Cross. I was like, I'm not watching Medea be Alex Cross. I'm not doing it. Yeah. Um. Definitely made kind of that that his persona it's hard to you know right separate yeah yeah uh the the last one i have is random um but you all maybe heard maybe heard me rant on him in the past i think the worst actor who's ever made it is brendan fraser and i hate his (laughs) that's a good call that's a good that that might be awfully close to yeah, I avoid a movie because he's in it. Like yeah, and and just know that it's going to be terrible. I might yeah, I might change my mind and say that that qualifies. <laughs> it's been so long since he's been in a movie. I didn't think about that, you know. Yeah, yeah. maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe this is that's that's sort of the uh the MO on him anymore. But gosh, I, everything he's in is just when I see him do anything, it's cringeworthy. Everything. When he tries <laughs> to be funny, when he tries to be serious, when he tries to be dramatic, when he tries to be a badass, everything makes me just like, oh, 
I, I will give him credit for the one role though of Encino Man. I don't. I That's right. I didn't hate that movie. And <laughs> the then, best thing he's ever done. It is he a caveman. It never spoke. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's it. I think he's that's just. It. I think. I think Scott's just trying to let us know how much of a Pauly Shore fan he is. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that was that was his best movie too. Uh, yeah, David Arquette yep. makes me skeptical of any movie. That's that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely a good one. Yeah. yeah, man, he is. No matter what he's doing, he's going. If the scale is zero to a hundred, he's going two hundred and thirty-five. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, let's. When you mention those guys, and that yeah, that opens a whole door of possibilities. I'm. I just have to think about that. <laughs> yeah, let's move into because um, I know there are. Uh, we have directors that we absolutely love. Uh, I've got a few here. Let's move into that one. Who's who's a guy who's you see their name? The uh, the billboard that directed this movie, maybe even produced it, had something to do with it, had a writer's credit on it. Who are the guys that behind the scenes you see their name and you want to go see it? Uh, honestly, again, nobody right now. Like okay. uh, th- that is more likely for me than actors. Like there were directors and, and yeah. very recently that that was the case, but you get d- disappointed a couple times and <clears throat> yeah. And then you get off that train and now trailers like are the only thing I trust. So, but uh, very recently the Coen brothers, absolutely. I was going to go see mm-hmm. anything they made and I won't do that yeah. now. Uh, you know, the one that Billy Bob Thornton was in, I think, was the one that put me off of that. And the Lady Killers. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, yeah, they're they're fallible, or they at least like I'm not gonna love, you know, everything they make. Uh so I've I'm at least have I'm a little bit discerning now. So and also maybe even more than that, there was Wes Anderson was I was convinced mm-hmm. that anything he ever made I was gonna love. And until he stopped writing with Owen. And so I think the movie that did that for me was uh, The Life Aquatic. Whereas I like it now, it it was just a kind of a shock to the system. Whereas, okay, this is a different movie. Like, this is this is completely different. It's more subdued. And uh, so Wes is off my list, too. Although he, he rebounded a little bit with the last two. But it's still, it's not the same uh, flavor. And I'm n- I don't have the same level of excitement for his movies as I did after seeing Bottle Rocket Rushmore and Royal Tannenbaums. I was so far in his camp, like, you know, just I'll go ahead and buy the movie before I see anything. I hear he's making a movie, I'm going, period. Yeah, yeah, I was I was on uh, both of those lists at exactly the same time you were. I if, if I were to spill all that out, it would sound exactly the same as you just did, so I won't do it. But the Coens <laughs> and Wes Anderson, I'm right there with you. Yeah, Todd, do you have one? You want to throw in? You uh, want to, you have one or two or three? You want to throw yeah, in there? I mean, I'd say Wes Anderson because I still is as much as I appreciate his earlier work more. I think the last, especially with the last two films, he's kind of bringing himself back out of wherever he was. Um, so I, I Wes is probably one that I would 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 draw me in. Uh, John Carpenter, although he's pretty much retired. I 
if there was anything he did, I was there. I was there to see it. Um, Cohen Brothers there for a while, uh, but you know they're you know you 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 know whenever they make a movie, if it's really really good, the next movie they make. <laughs> not gonna probably yeah. hit that same level yeah for some did anybody see hell caesar did either one of y'all see hell caesar not, i have not seen yeah it. not yet and that was one that just like we talked about where i was excited to go and excited to see it and then i didn't see the first weekend and then everybody started poo-pooing it a little and i kind of got a, a good i feel like i've got a good sense of what that movie is and that it's yeah. not not the quite the return to comedy that I was hoping it was, or it wasn't as funny as a, cause I, man, I'm really want the Coens to just, you know, uh, knock a comedy yeah. out of the park, like raising Arizona or Lebowski, you know, cause th- yeah. those are two of my favorite comedies of all time. So when I started to get a feeling that that's not the case, this movie isn't quite that funny. Uh, I, I haven't seen it yet. I will, but yeah, uh, haven't seen I'm with it you. Um, I did, I did think of one though, that I'm probably a guaranteed watch. Like I might keep my expectations, uh, low, but, mm-hmm. or, or not let them get out of hand, but I'm, I'm probably going to see any Tarantino movie. Yeah. He's the first one on my list. Uh, yeah. you know, not because I'm just, I think he can do no wrong. Cause he's made movies. I didn't right. like, like I'm not huge on the kill bill movies, whereas a lot of people are, uh, so I think it's it's very likely that he you know that he can make movies and I'm not gonna like it, but I can't imagine him making one and me not going to see it. So I guess he qualifies, yeah. Yeah, and I think he's marketed himself well. Where every every movie he does is an it's a huge event, right? Like right. you feel like you're part of something when when you're going to see a Tarantino movie in a film, and the fact that he's only going to do ten of them, yeah, supposedly. It's like, well, I got to see this one. What's that? We're in a limited we're we're on a limited uh, time frame here, so yeah. I think that adds to it for me too. And he's a guy that, uh, and I love Quentin for this. He loves movies as much as we, like, you know, as much as anybody, as much as we do. He, right. He loves movies and it comes through so clearly in the way he does his work and the movies that he makes. And so like when he makes, uh, the hateful eight, you know, he's the, that's the first movie in, uh, since, a Lawrence Olivier movie to be shot in, um, Panavision. Uh, I should have done research. 70 millimeter. What was it? 75. Yeah. 75 millimeter. It like hasn't been done since uh, I think Lawrence Olivier was in a movie. It was something in the 60s. And just because he loves, you know, film and, you know, and and I think he refuses to shoot digital and that that sort of thing, but he's trying to make events, you know, and and get people into the theater because he loves that theater experience. And that, you know, that counts for something. And it's part, probably part of the reason why I'm going to be drawn to see anything he makes. Did you have, Todd, did you have any more um, that you wanted to list as far as you want me to? Directors? Yeah. Um, It's hard. It just depends on Scorsese to me because, I mean, his you know, for the most part, everything he does is completely yeah. watchable and, 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 and enveloping. Uh, and it just really just depends on a lot now to me is the, the subject matter. And can I get there? Can I get there to do it? Can I find a babysitter? Do I have the time? What do I do? I Do I devote that amount right. of time to doing that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, one that I had that just because of the look of everything he does is uh, Guillermo del Toro. Um, 
some of his movies aren't great, but they all look fantastic, and you know you're going to get something like this. The Crimson Peak was pretty terrible, um, but man, it looks so cool. So um, I think if I saw Guillermo del Toro on a movie billboard, I would go see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think somebody who's probably earned a spot on that list for me is now Adam McKay. Um, his comedies seem seem to appeal to me, and I, I man, I, I was so impressed with The Big Short. That if he's if he's in it, I'm probably doing. I don't know if he, did he direct or, or write the Big Short. He both. I think he directed. He both. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's what I thought. Now after I said that, I second guess myself. But um, yeah, man, I I like I like Adam McKay's. I like the cut of his jib. Yeah, that, uh, as that, they say, that Ooh. guy's uh, that guy's trajectory is straight up right now. Yeah. Um, I think I, I got three that are close, but not quite there yet. I think James Gunn is close. Um, but not quite there. I think J.J. Uh, Abrams is close. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, Ben Affleck as a director is close. Hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't Thoughts think that's... On a, those dudes? I, he is... Yeah, Affleck has really uh, shown his mettle in directing. I've been super impressed by everything he's done. So it's going to be very interesting, this Batman movie that he's going to do uh what it's going to look like and what how how good it's going to be i've got a very short list if you all are ready to move on from directors you won't miss i've got a a very short list of of the opposite of that of directors i won't go see unless somebody tells me to there's one name on my list let's hear it all right uh i've got two todd do you have any of directors i won't go right okay um yeah i think so i think i've got one Okay, again, I'm going to come off as racist. I won't go. I won't watch Spike Lee. Um, I think his movies are terrible. Like I just don't think they're good overall. Inside Man was okay, and if, and Denzel trumped Spike Lee for me on that one. I've seen maybe three of his other movies. Uh, Sign of the Zodiac is one of the worst films I've ever watched in my life. Um, so Spike Lee is on the list. I've got one more, but if you've only got one, let's whip around. Uh. I'm wondering if we share, if all three of us share this one. Uh, but Michael Bay is uh, <laughs> front and center for me, man. I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna see it. I'm not gonna watch dude's stuff. He is the worst. We need a segment to rant about Michael Bay. We really do. <laughs> he uh, he wasn't on my list because I've been like an idiot. I keep watching the Transformers, but oh yeah, um, yeah. It's I can't. It's eye candy. I'd say Brett Ratner comes yeah. in close second. Brett Ratner, yeah. <laughs> he he doesn't That's make a good one. he doesn't make enough stuff for me to think about, but yeah, he ruined the X Men. Like that was the end of the X Men run for me. Uh was the third X Men yeah. movie. And yeah. That's a good one too. Okay, so one guy that I would put on my list that probably is not going to make your all's list because I think there's at least one movie I know of that you all like of his, uh, and that's uh, Paul Thomas Anderson because he is the king of the melodramatic, and I can't stand it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, 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 is the, what is the one that we definitely like from Paul Thomas Anderson? Boogie Nights. I think I thought that you all both sort of like Boogie Nights. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay with Boogie Nights. Um, I kind of like it, but Paul Thomas Anderson, the, my problem with him is like, he'll put out a trailer and it looks like something I want to see. 
uh, inherent vice was mm-hmm. that way. It was like, you know, he's going to try yes. to make his big Lebowski. And it's like, and so I, I, you know, I give it a shot and it's just never what I want it to be. Like Todd, what was, or Scott, what was the uh, quote that uh, your buddy from best of earth, Michael Startsman had about there will be blood. Cause to me, it sums up every movie that Paul Thomas Anderson does. (laughs) I don't remember. Do you remember it? No. Oh, it's one of my favorite quotes about a movie ever. I think he said there will be blood was a miserable movie about unlikable characters that I was forced to watch for two and a half hours. <laughs> That's what it is. Uh, there will be blood is the movie of Paul Thomas Anderson's that I like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's not boogie nights. Boogie nights is okay, but I'm never going to like just sit down and watch it. Uh, it, 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 but yeah, I actually genuinely like uh, there will be blood. And a lot of that has to do with uh, Daniel day Lewis, but I'm like his pacing and stuff worked Mm -hmm. for me more in that movie than any of the others that I'm like wanting them to be fun. It's it's like there will be blood. I knew it wasn't going to be fun. Like it was just going to be yeah, kind of torturous. And so I was okay with that and prepared for it. And so, yeah, like the other movies that he's made that kind of look like they're supposed to be fun and they're not at all. Uh, So yeah, that that's the one that I like. Yeah. I can appreciate Daniel Day Lewis and There Will Be Blood, but I hated that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen that one. Yeah. Well, I mean, whatever you want to do, Ty. <laughs> you got but one guy I, says watch it. You got one yeah. guy. <laughs> I've got it. It's 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 in the queue right behind Ridiculous Six. I'm, I'm yeah. <laughs> I can. I can more safely recommend There Will Be Blood than Daniel Day Lewis. If you just like watching a good performance, Daniel Day Lewis is pretty incredible in it. But yeah. the, man, the movie as a whole right. just leaves you feeling uh, miserable. Yeah, there's like no doubt you about just that. you you just feel depressed after you watch it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So anyway, and I don't like feeling depressed. I like to be happy. <laughs> Well, there you have it, everybody. We've uh, we've given you the lowdown on who to watch, who not to watch. Um, hey, tweet at us at Walk Softly Films and let us know that you agree, disagree. Uh, if, if you're a big Paul Thomas Anderson mark and you want to uh, slip my throat, let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Um, but that's we're going to wrap it up right there. I think there there isn't anything else to be said on that subject. So um, for Scott Stafford and Todd Sheen. This is Alan Martin reminding you to walk softly and talk hard. Well, I hope you come to see me in the movie. And I know that you will plainly see. Biggest fool that's ever hit the big time. And all I gotta do is act naturally.